Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody? It is the latest edition of Phillies Today. Justin Morgenstein back with you again on this Friday morning, and we've got postseason baseball to talk about. I'm hype. I know the city is hype. And if you're a baseball fan, this is just the best time of the year. The weather's getting cooler. Red October is coming. Like, let's go. Let's freaking go. It is time. It feels like we've been waiting for this all summer long. And I'm just so excited to get in, into this and break down this past series with the Phils over the Pirates, as well as just the playoff outlook in general for the Phillies. So let's just jump right into this thing. The Phils, of course, clinch a postseason berth as well as get the number four seed in the National League against the Pirates on Tuesday, thanks to Johan Rojas's dramatic walk-off single. We'll get into that and the rest of the postseason breakdown in just a minute. But first, really quickly, I'm going to give you a little recap just of this series with the Pirates, the final home regular season series at Citizens Bank Park this year. Man, where's the season gone? It feels like it has absolutely flown by, but last home regular season series at CBP. Phils take two or three. Obviously, nothing in this series truly matters after Tuesday night with the win and the Cubs loss. Meanwhile, the Cubs, my goodness, they are in a free fall of their own, but uh, it seems like nobody wants that last wild card spot at this point. Diamondbacks have lost a few. The Cubs are struggling. Reds are struggling. Marlins will see, but uh, the Phils don't have to worry about any of that because they have their spot locked up once again as the number four seed in the National League. Uh, the number one wild card. So let's get into some takeaways from this series. Tuesday night, the clincher, of course. Phils win 3-2 to two in 10 innings. Nola, we'll get to Aaron Nola right now. Nola looks really good again for the second outing in a row, and especially the second postseason clincher in a row. Last year against the Houston Astros, he had that perfect game into the seventh inning and was really dominant. It was a big reason why the Phils were able to secure that win in the final series of the year and get to the postseason. Does the same thing again earlier this week. Goes six and two-thirds while allowing one run, just the solo homer to Reynolds. Four hits, eight strikeouts, and no walks. Feels like him and Caleb Cotham have made some adjustments with 
what he's throwing in these last couple starts. Uh, really notice the cutter usage, which he's been experimenting with all year, has uh, gone down these past couple games. And he's really sticking with that fastball, curveball, changeup mix, uh, which has really looked good, especially the two-seamer, which he's getting in on the hands to left-handed hitters, which runs back in over the plate. Uh, has been really effective for him over the years and seems like he might be finding that once again, which would be absolutely massive for the Phils. And what would be massive for the Phils is just Aaron Nola having any sort of you know remnants of his old self and him himself over these last two starts during the postseason. Look, he is going to be a massive, massive piece for this team if they plan on getting to the next level and winning the World Series this year. And having Aaron Nola at his peak performance, again, just absolutely massive for this team. And he will not start again this year, so he will come into the playoffs off of two really good starts. So there is reason to be encouraged by what you've seen from Aaron Nola. You can't fully believe. I understand. We've been on the Aaron Nola roller coaster plenty of times, especially this year. But Nola looks good over these past two starts, so that is something to be optimistic about for sure. Uh, He's simply pitching, it feels like, with more conviction, just commanding his fastball, which for any pitcher is important, but especially for Aaron Nola is uh, really the key to his confidence, it seems like. So, again, do I fully trust him? Not necessarily, but just good signs from Aaron Nola heading into the postseason. Later in that game, you have Brandon Marsh uh, with a solo homer to give the Phils a 1-0 lead. Good swing from Marshy, and uh, looks like he's gaining some confidence heading into the postseason. I know he's been on a bit of a uh, of not one of his best runs as of late. Uh, strikeout rate's been up a little bit, but... Getting uh, Brandon Marsh confident heading into the postseason would be ideal as well. Get some more thump in the bottom of that lineup. And Brandon Marsh last year, you saw he had one of the bigger postseason moments in that Braves clincher where he had the homer off of uh, Charlie Morton it was. And again, he's just another guy where if you can get his confidence up heading into the postseason, that is never a bad thing. Craig Kimbrell lets up a home run in the eighth inning to young stud Henry Davis for the Pirates, and I got, I got to tell you, the Kimbrel postseason moment, you know there's going to be one. It's just going to be absolutely killer. Like, he is very far down on my trust list right now in terms of Phillies relievers. Uh, he's just given up the long ball over the past month, month and a half or so, and I just, it seems like it's going to be a closer by committee. Rob Thompson's kind of talked about that, and we'll get into the bullpen rolls later in the pod, but Boy, Craig Kimbrell, it's really tough to trust him right now. I just don't see a world where I can feel confident in Craig Kimbrell fully going into any sort of save situation or any situation in general heading into the postseason. So we'll see what's up with Craig Kimbrell as uh, the postseason gets going and how Rob Thompson utilizes him. But all this set up for the moment of the night, which was Johan Rojas's moment. Uh, that was just awesome. Going into that inning, I was just thinking to myself, boy, what if Johan could have a moment right here? It would just be so awesome for not only him personally, but just for this team who has relied on so many of these young kids that have come up over the past two years. For him to be up in that spot against a pitcher like David Bednar and to deliver in that moment after a couple rough swings uh, to get to 0-2, but he fights off a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, shoots it in the center field, scores Christian Pache, and the place goes absolutely nuts. Like, that was just a moment. And we've had so many of these this year where you go, wow, that's going to be, yeah, it's a Phillies yearbook moment, as Jack Fritz likes to say. But it's one of those things that 
he's just, you feel so good about this team when these moments happen. And it's just been so many of them this year. And the celebrations were awesome. Obviously, it took him in the center field right after it happened. But just everything within the locker room between Garrett Stubbs' overalls looking like a frat kid at a tailgate on a Saturday, that was amazing. Topper speeches are back. How many more, JT? Gotta love that, too. Trey and Alvarado bringing out the tequila, uh, the Castellanos interview. I just couldn't get enough of all this content. And I was I was watching through the entire thing throughout the whole night, and I could have watched it for hours on end. It was just, I love those celebrations. And the way this team feels like they can, they should celebrate because of all the work they put in, they really do deserve it. And a baseball season's long. It's hard, man. It's 162 games. They deserve when you put in that work and you put in that time to have a celebration like that, it just, it really does mean something to them. You can tell. And it was just really cool to see them all come together like that and celebrate like they did last year. And hey, hopefully there's many more coming soon. So that was awesome. Tuesday night, super fun. And uh, quickly, we'll get to Wednesday and Thursday now. And Wednesday night, we're going to call it the hangover game or the Garrett Stubbs game, whatever you want to say. The Phillies win 7-6, to six, just a weird game, a weird lineup, a lot of guys sitting, uh, and they go down 5 nothing right away, almost similar to how it went down last year when they clinched in Houston. They got absolutely smoked the next two nights, especially the night after uh, them clinching down there in Houston, but I'm thinking it's the same thing this year. Like, they go down 5 nothing, and Rangers get knocked around a little bit. We'll get to him in a second. They're five-run deficit, and they find a way to chip chip away at it like they've done all season long and the Stubbs homer like that was just hilariously awesome I mean a guy like him deserves to have that moment when he probably he probably isn't going to get a single at bat in the postseason he didn't last year uh, with everything he just contributes from a clubhouse and just a pure vibe standpoint like he's just a guy I'm so happy to have on our team and he's whether he's on the field or not he's making an impact and the guys clearly love him He's just a fun dude to be around. And hey, the, the, those overalls and the celebration, again, that was just pure comedy. You had to love it. And uh, plus, oh, yeah, the jersey after the game the kid had uh, over the dugout where Garrett Stubbs like, oh, I don't see many people with my jersey. He signed it. He said, dancing on my own. Obviously, Garrett Stubbs. And that was just a cool moment. Shout out to the NBC crew because they picked up that, uh, that moment really well. And it was just, again, another cool moment one of the many between the fans and uh, the players of the Philadelphia Phillies this year. So that was really cool to see as well. Plus, they didn't blow the big Harper homer. You had the go-ahead homer in the seventh inning. I know it's been a theme of the Phillies this year, an ongoing bit that they tend to blow the big Bryce Harper homers, whether it was against the Giants in that one game, number 300, of course, the one against the Glacius with the Braves. And uh, it finally didn't do it. Too bad it was in a game that didn't matter, but hey. They did not blow the game. And uh, getting back to Ranger for one second, uh, didn't expect much from Ranger. Obviously, they were partying the night before, and typically he has a different routine, I'm sure, prior to his start. So not worried about Ranger at all. Still feel confident about him heading into the postseason. He was horrendous against Houston last year after they clinched as well. So not worried about Ranger, and he will be fine as the Game 3 starter for the Phils. Uh, last night, really quick, Phils lose 3-2. Who cares? Uh, the two major stories out of this one were Schwarber, another leadoff bomb, number 46 of the season, his 11th leadoff homer. 
just has me thinking about you know him in the postseason again. He was just so electric in so many of those games last year. Like I need a Kyle Schwarber leadoff home run of the postseason again so badly. He had two last year. I think it was it was game three against the Padres at home and then against Verlander in the World Series. I just can't wait for that electricity. It is going to be absolutely awesome to be at the ballpark and experiencing that type of thing again. And really, really exciting. But uh, the other big story, of course, was Bryce Harper getting ejected by Angel Hernandez on one of the worst check swing calls you could possibly ever see at a ball game. I mean, how is this guy still umpiring Major League games? I know there's a, a strong union and... He's obviously protected by it, and he still is umpiring games. But in all seriousness, this is it's getting ridiculous here. And Bryce had every reason to react as he did. I mean, I know the game doesn't mean anything, but you're still a major league baseball player trying to do your job. And to have that egregious of a uh, missed call was absolutely insane. But, hey, good for that kid that got the helmet. And, again, what another uh, what a cool moment between Bryce and that kid who caught the helmet. He signs it for him and uh, says Philly Philly on it. It was just another one of the many very cool moments between the fans and the Philadelphia Phillies players this year. But uh, that'll wrap it up for the Pirates breakdown of this podcast. But let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to the postseason stuff, getting to some potential matchups. It's looking like they're going to play the Diamondbacks, but the Marlins are only a game behind. There was chaos in the Mets-Marlins game last night. Uh, with a rain out in the ninth inning, uh, Destiny Legardo, who does a great job covering the Phillies, had a tweet regarding what this can mean for the Phillies potentially uh, with the game being suspended now uh, what the, with the Marlins up 2-1 to one in the ninth inning against the Mets. It says, the Marlins-Mets game possibly getting suspended, or did get suspended, uh, might lead to chaos that could really benefit the Phillies. Arizona's magic number over the Marlins is at 3 and Miami has the tiebreaker of the of the Arizona and Miami. So if Miami is a game better than Arizona over the weekend, the Marlins will have to fly back to New York on Monday. If Miami holds on to win that, then they secure the second wild card and would face the Phillies the next day. I mean, that would be insane, which is why they were trying so hard to get that game in last night. And Skip Schumacher was absolutely freaking out on the Mets ground crew staff, which I don't know if that was warranted or not, but you could tell that the Marlins were really trying to get this game in because they would have to fly into New York literally to play an inning and a half of baseball the day before the wild card starts, which would be crazy. And we'll see if baseball steps in and, you know, adjust the wild card or what ends up happening there. But that would end up being a crazy scenario. And like I mentioned earlier, the Cubs get swept out in Atlanta. They were really looking like they were going to be the two seed for a while. We weren't sure if they were maybe going to take over as the number one with the Phillies struggling early in September. But they are really struggling, it seems, and uh, they're in danger of not making the postseason for sure. It is looking like it could definitely be the D-backs in the two spot and Miami in the three. But we'll see what happens there this weekend. If you're asking who would I rather play in terms of the Marlins and the Diamondbacks, look, the Diamondbacks are a better team than the Marlins. There's no doubt about that. But there's something about the Marlins that just always has me scared when it comes to the Phillies. I know Sandy Alcantara is hurt, and Luis Arise is all also hurt. I believe he has a foot or an ankle uh, injury going on there, and he was limping around City Field the other day, has not played. So they're struggling with injuries, but 
again, something about the Marlins. It just always scares me a little bit. And I know that the Diamondbacks losing in Chicago last night also might shake up their rotation a little bit because Zach Gallon will have to pitch against the Astros, who are also playing for something tonight. So if they win tonight and they lock up that two seed, uh, I would think Merrill Kelly would start game one and then you would get Gallon in game two. So he would be on regular rest. And then game three, I guess, potentially maybe a Zach Davies, Ryan Nelson type of piggyback. Uh, you would have to feel definitely better about the Phil's rotation and pitching staff as the depth as a whole heading into that series, including the bullpen. So that would be my breakdown of who I would want to play, whether it's the D-backs, the Marlins. I would probably rather face the Marlins just if we're talking talent on paper, but the Diamondbacks, I don't know. Their pitching staff doesn't scare me past Gallon and Kelly, so I would think that they would be able to handle either team. But, hey, it's the postseason. The Cardinals probably thought uh, they were going to handle the Phillies last year, so you certainly will have to come ready to play, and I have no doubt the Phillies will do that because I think they realize the opportunity that's in front of them, and they really would like to re- have a rematch with the Atlanta Braves from last year as well. I had some random Phillies postseason thoughts that wanted to get out there and we're just thinking about during these games over the past few nights and definitely you know, could end up having an impact on the postseason. So the Phil's not backing their way in the playoffs this year has just been a very pleasant experience. Like I would not be handling this well if they were the Cubs, the Diamondbacks, any of these teams. It just I felt like last year, especially if you remember during that Washington National Series when there were all those rainouts and just things that felt like we're out of the Phillies control. Like It's stressful. And the players feel that stress, no doubt. And the fact that the Phillies are able to line up their rotation the way they want, uh, rest the guys who they want. Uh, Nola won't start another game this year. Seems like Bryson Stott needs some rest. I know he was tiring out last year and hasn't had the best month of September. So wouldn't be shocked to see him continue to sit a little bit this weekend. So that is good from a Phillies perspective for sure. And hey, the other teams are going to be Definitely taxed heading into this postseason. So that could have a positive impact on the Phils as well. Uh, like I said, the rotation will be lined up the way they like, which will be as Rob Thompson finally officially announced and set in stone, Wheeler game one and Nola game two. Uh, we do not know exactly how it will line up after that, but I would assume it is Ranger Suarez game three. And there's no way you can convince me that Christopher Sanchez should not be starting a potential game four, whether I would assume that is game four of the DS, or we'll see how, you know, again, it all depends on how the Phillies are able to take care of business, whether they sweep, whether they lose a game. Uh, That'll all depend on that. But I could see Christopher Sanchez playing sort of a similar role as Ranger Suarez did in a way last year. I could see him in a couple scenarios, either starting a game and giving them, you know, four to five good innings, and then Rob Thompson and the bullpen take over from there. Or I could see him putting Sanchez in the bullpen and having him come in in a big situation. Because I feel like Christopher Sanchez's heartbeat is kind of similar to Ranger, where he can come in in sort of any situation and be able to just you know, be calm and execute pitches and just be effective in whatever he does. And we've seen it all year. He has been a really big piece for this baseball team. I, we were complaining in the first couple months of the season about the fifth starter thing. That all went to bed as soon as Chris Sanchez came up and He has done a really, really good job for this team this year and has made some really, really big starts for them. And that brings up the point of, does Taiwan Walker have a role this postseason? I really don't think he does. Just by the simply 
because of the fact that he can't come out of the bullpen. He typically wouldn't be an opener because it's not like he gets off to great starts and kind of tails off at the end. It's sort of random on how he just gives up his runs. I know he hasn't been as bad in the beginning of games as he was earlier in the year, but I just don't see if I don't see Taiwan Walker having a real role in this postseason run. So that will be something to monitor as well. Also, Johan Rojas, we talked about him. He had the big walk-off hit, and he has just been an absolute rock in center field this year. He needs to play in every postseason game. Righty, lefty, I do not care. He is just one of those guys that he's going to benefit from this experience so well, and I think he's ready for it. We saw, hey, he hit a 97-mile-an-hour pitch off David Bednar, who's a very good pitcher, a liner out to center field in an 0-2 count with the game on the line, the playoffs on the line the other night. He is ready to get big at-bats in these situations, and it's going to be really exciting to see him kind of take advantage of that opportunity. So really excited about Rojas and also really excited to see Reese Hoskins taking some batting practice here. And I know he's said he's taking 70 to 75 swings a day. He's going to face live pitching soon. Rob Thompson on the WIP morning show uh, the other morning said that the World Series would be definitely in play for Reese, uh, whether that's a DH or, you know, as a pinch hitter. That would just be awesome. I, I need to see the Reese Hoskins at bat in the postseason. That would just be absolutely must watch. You got to be rooting for Reese here. He has just been an absolute rock for this team over the past, you know, since 2017, him and Aaron Nola being the longest tenured Phillies uh, with the club right now. Uh, would just be awesome to see Reese go out uh, in a good way. I know he hits free agency this offseason. So just being able to watch him one more time, be able to maybe come through with a big hit for the Phillies in the postseason would be awesome. So we'll be monitoring that as well for sure. Uh, Real quickly, this weekend, Phil's at City Field against the Mets in an absolutely meaningless series. Just get out of there, rested and healthy, please. For the love of all that is good, just please, please get out of there healthy. Get out of there well-rested. I know they have Taiwan Walker on Friday. Uh, They're going to throw Sanchez, I'm assuming, in limited innings on Saturday. And I'm pretty, I don't, I don't think they even have a starter lined up for Sunday. It'll probably be Lorenzen and some bullpen guys. Maybe they'll bring some guys up from that uh, Clearwater unit that they have down there that the few minor leaguers staying ready for, during the playoffs. Uh, so we will see what happens there. And it's, it is really weird seeing the Phillies be able to you know, have a series at the end of the year where it doesn't mean anything. They're already in the postseason, unlike last year where it truly came down to the very end, which is just, you know, not a, an easy situation to deal with, especially if you're a player, just in terms of stress level and uh, you know putting pressure on yourself to get it done. So that is that. And before we get out of here, let's do a quick standings check around the league. And like I said, the National League is turning out to be really close down the stretch here with, depending on what happens with this Marlins-Mets game, they could be playing on the Monday prior to the wildcard game, which is going to be on Tuesday. Just that would be insane and honestly great for the Phillies because the Marlins would be coming in off. They would be traveling to New York from Houston and then have to travel to Philly the next, the next day to play in a playoff game, which just seems pretty wild. And, uh, yeah, that just doesn't seem like an ideal situation for them. And in the American League, we have some interesting stuff going on as well with uh, Houston, Seattle, and Texas all fighting for that AL West crown. Texas looks like they might have the upper hand right now. Uh, They're up two games. But 
Houston or Seattle? Looks like one of the two are not going to make the postseason. And, uh, you know, they're battling it out with each other right now, or they just did, and Seattle with a big walk-off win last night. Former Phil J.P. Crawford with a massive hit to keep their season alive, too. So it will be interesting to see how that battle ends up uh, turning out down the stretch here. So, again, the Phils in a great spot here. Postseason baseball coming up. It's just super exciting, man. Like, this is what we've been waiting for all season long. And they finally made it back, and they are ready to start Red October, go on their run, and it's just going to be really fun for everyone involved, the fans, the players, just the whole city. Uh, It's going to be on fire like it was last year. So that is awesome stuff. Thank you again for listening to another edition of Phillies Today. Uh, Let's hope I'm coming at you next week with a little NLDS preview. But for now, let's gear up for some home playoff games, have some fun, and uh, yeah, let's see what the Phillies can do here. Uh, This is Justin Morgenstein for Phillies Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.